0: We've had a beautiful week and it's a beautiful morning. Good to have each of you here this morning. If you're visiting with us, we're glad to have you. If you're here as a regular, we're glad to have you too. So thank you for being here. Thank you for getting up and coming this morning. If you're visiting with us today, if you would, we've got the connect cards, the blue cards in front of you. You would fill those out and you can leave those sitting in the pew or turn those in. Uh, to one of the ushers would be fine. Also, uh, if you're you're giving today, you can turn that in uh, with the box in the back, or you can do that also online. And uh, we've got Grace Place. We're serving at Grace Place tomorrow. And uh, you, if you're coming to work, uh, they start preparing things at 9.30, and then they start serving at 11 o'clock. So if you, uh, if you can, we appreciate that. I think we've got enough uh, oatmeal cookies. We're going to be able to feed everybody tomorrow. So thank you all for your support on that. Uh, Wednesday, February... February the second. Tomorrow's the last day of the month. Mm-hmm. That's hard to believe, isn't
1: it?
0: It'll be March before we know it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh Bible study. Brother Carvin Adams, he will be here on the on the Wednesday night of this week. Also next Sunday on worship service, uh Brother Ray Owens will be with us again, and we appreciate him coming in and bringing us the Word. Uh, I think that's announcements. It is good to have you here. If you're visiting here for the first time, if you uh, want to go down to the children's church, you can go down the back hall, straight down and when the kids dismiss for that. And the restrooms, they're down through that hall on the left. Anyway, it's good to have each of you here this morning. I'm going to read from Psalms. 34, 1 through 4. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul will make it boast in the Lord. The humble will hear it and rejoice. Oh, magnify the Lord with me, and let us exalt His name together. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this beautiful day you've given us and for the opportunity to come back out to your house this morning. We just thank you for each one here, and we just ask that you be with us in our service today, Lord, that each of us would move closer to you, Lord, to do your will, to share your love. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Thank you.
1: If you're able, why don't you stand with us this morning as we join together singing this beautiful song, I See the Lord. Amen. What a beautiful way to start our worship this morning. If you're still able to stand,
0: we'll sing Who You Say I Am.
1: Was lost, but he brought me, in. Oh, love me, oh, his love for me, oh, his love for me, Who oh, the sun sets free, oh, is free indeed, I'm a child of God, yes, I his grace runs due to sin Jesus Jesus died for me yes he died for me child of God, yes I am. I am chosen, not forsaken. Child of God, yes, I am. Hey, man. Whoo, whoo, baby seated. <laughs> Children, that's your call.
0: would like for you to do something for me this morning.
1: This song is such a beautiful message. I'd like for you to just close your eyes and close out the world and listen to the words of the song. He is here right beside us and listen to the words. (laughs) him, you will never be the same. He is here, listen closely, here is
0: Team, <clears throat> you know there. they come early on Sunday to get things ready for us to praise God, and we just appreciate each one of them. Thank them for being here and the support they give to each of us. On our prayer request this morning, again, it's good to have each of you here, and uh, on our prayer request this morning. Uh, just uh, keep uh, dear Gary Davis, his family. Uh, Gary passed away Saturday a week ago and had his funeral the uh, first part of this past week. So uh, just remember their family. I talked to Gary a lot of times and he said, You know, I just want to sit down and go home with the Lord. And that's what he did. He was sitting in that chair, and uh, that was a good way to go. He didn't suffer, I don't think. He didn't have any long uh, health problems. And uh, you always sort of knew where Gary stood, too. So, anyway, (coughs) excuse me, just remember uh, their family. Also, uh, we have some people. Dennis Anger, uh, we just ask that you remember him uh, and... Mary Faith, keep it in her prayers. He's, I think he's got some uh, pneumonia. Okay. Uh, Miss Annie, I talked to her and she's still having a few problems, so just keep her in your prayers. Miss Annie Bossimo. Also, Mary and Jerry Crane, just uh, remember them. Sandy Adams, uh, Charlotte Mitchell. Marlon Mitchell, uh, Nancy Elmore, Charles Elmore, Priscilla, and Larry. Just keep them in your prayers. Also, (coughs) excuse me, uh, you know, Mike's always willing to fill in anywhere we need him. And thank you, Mike, for the jobs, all the jobs you do. So if we've got anybody that wants to sort of help us with the sound system and things, we could use you from time to time. So if you have a prayer request, uh, it can be text for the prayer group to Karen Odom, and our phone number is in here. And thank you, Karen, for always getting that out to everybody. Also, uh Priscilla can be called at the office if you cannot get Priscilla. She will probably be in toward the end of the week anyway. But if you have a prayer request, just call that in. And if you have a problem getting her, you can call me or you could call Karen or Randy. So just remember the COVID situations. Our search team, we just ask that you just keep our church search team in your prayers. Uh, Also, our missionaries, pray for our missionaries and uh, the lost in our community and in our world. The situation in the world, you know, God knows what the situation is, this is part of his plan. I mean, he's known this, he's known this for forever. He knows what we're going through. He knows what we've got coming up. So, thank God for loving us. Each one of us is children of God. Thank the God for the blessing he gives to us. Um, I think, I, I think I've got everything covered, I hope. I didn't miss anything. Brother Ray, good to have you with us this morning. Thank you for being here. We appreciate your support and love for, for our church. Would you like to pray or would you like for me to pray this morning? Come on up. He does a better job than I do. <laughs>
2: Amazing, as your presence is here, and as the songs were sung, you are in this place. You're here, Lord. I pray that we we feel you, Lord. If we come with struggles in our life, or maybe we've let you down, Lord, there is forgiveness. There's peace. There's restoration. If we come sick or not feeling well, or even have fear for what's ahead, Lord, there's healing. For all those conditions, there's nothing that is impossible for you, Lord, for these loved ones that, Father, I'm even getting to know and fall in love with each and every one that was mentioned. Many are very faithful in this church, Lord, and and they're ill, some with COVID. Lord, we just pray right now you'd reach where they are at their homes, Lord, and touch them and heal them and restore them. Let them know, Lord, let them feel your presence and let them know that we care and that we're joined together with one another in asking for their complete healing for every single one. Lord, we pray that you'd be with the Davis family and, Lord, with all those that have lost loved ones. Father, for the times when those memories come back, Father, we pray that we might see that our loved one in the spirit where they are at peace and in the presence of you, Jesus. Your word tells us to be absent in the body is present with the Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we have that confidence in our personal relationship with you, not because of anything we did, but because we put our faith in you. God, you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, Above what we ask or think. But God, we don't want to be guilty of not asking. So we ask for miracles. We ask for your amazing touch on all our leaders, and especially in this country and the world with what we see is going on. Lord, only you can restore. Only you. And God, we need you. We need you in our life, we need you as we drive down the road. We need you as we raise our kids. Lord, we need you. Thank you, Lord, that you're always there. Father, I pray that you would be with us in our message that we've prepared. Lord, may it encourage us and challenge us, strengthen us, edify us. Father, and we just pray in your presence and to be in the house of the Lord. So we close this prayer by praising your holy name. And all God's people said, You have a outline for those that's not at home, and I know there's many at home watching and uh, some that are always here, but you have an outline and it's uh print for twelve year olds uh so uh or maybe young people you can read it but i I'm, I'm sorry uh Priscilla already typed that out and uh and that's the new there i guess I need to turn this on. when I've been here though was staying behind the uh, and I, I noticed when I was watching some of the sermons that uh, you might have to adjust me down a little bit because I can get it a little loud sometimes um, that Stacy Leonard kind of moved around but I actually want to go down there I really wish the pulpit's down there and, and by the way I think last time you had a young guy now you got the old man and it looks like you're stuck with me for a while Saddle up them horses and be ready. We're ready to go. I got some stuff. All right, we're going to talk about hope. Um, you know, when you think about what's going on today, I mean, you can get pretty Debbie Downer if you want to. I mean, we got. I mean, who would think we're talking about our? You know, what are there probably three world powers? Uh, you know, that are against us or our enemy. Uh, at least politically most of the time, and one is Russia and one is China, of course, and maybe North Korea, and then, of course, I guess you would say the Islamic uh, extremists might be the fourth, but here we are, you know, (laughs) having to send troops, and they're having flybys by both of them. I don't know why they don't just get together and fight each other and leave us out of it, but, you know, it it is what it is. It's shaky. The economy's shaky. This past year, uh, God you know, those of us, you know, invested and many of you retired in the stock market, yeah, it's a blessing, but you can tell it's a pseudo blessing because there's not enough people working. When you drive through Sonic and it has $15 an hour and free ice cream if you work here and my grandson's going, he's 10, I want to work there. <laughs> he doesn't know what $15 an hour is, but he knows the free ice cream. Uh, I thought, Are you kidding me? of you first job there's some of us old enough i'm not that old i really am but i'm not you know what i mean i sort of am my first job was a dollar an hour no actually 85 cents an hour Uh uh-huh anybody here got there's about a few of you think about that and then when i became the manager i was making a dollar 25 an hour i was rolling man wow crazy the pandemic, when will it end? I guess you just heard there's a new variant of the variant. Meaning uh, Omicron's got a B. Omicron B. I don't know. So with all of this got a lot of letters in the alphabet. <laughs> I guess the next one will be zymicron or something. <laughs> Let's pray it gets to that. But on your outline I've got I'm talking about hope, and I've got some things that I wanted to kind of build up before we read the scripture. We tend to lose hope when we experience what? And, you know, these are just some things that that came to my uh, uh, my thoughts, and you can write them down if you want to. It's not necessary. The first is when you have an unexpected setback. When all of a sudden there's this bang that hits you, this just unexpected you know the doctor hits you with bad news. Probably all of us have been there. Or suddenly they're going to close the plant and lay it off. Um, many of you know I practice. I, I'm a tri-vocational person, and one of my my main jobs was practicing psychology. And I was over the school psychologist in this region. And my office was actually based in Bastrop, and Bastrop had two meals uh, when I first went up there. They ended up with one meal, very going very good. The last there, it cleared profit after every $20 million paper shut it down and would not sell it to the employees. Um, And they'll pay for that one day, but I'm just saying it changed Bastrop. I'm telling you, it's not the same. It may not ever be the same. And I knew many people that worked with me, particularly ladies who didn't have insurance with the state because they had it with their, you know, their husbands. It was very reasonable. And suddenly they had to get it with the state. And many of them are even in their late 60s and 70s and still having to work to keep insurance. You never know. Something like that happens. That's reality. And man, that's, that's the thing that tends to make you want to lose hope. Secondly, it's when you face overwhelming circumstance. And what I mean by that is just kind of almost a Job thing, if you know what I'm talking about. Where this comes in and you go, okay, we can handle that. Then this comes in, this comes in, and this comes in, and you just feel like you're overwhelmed. You're just all over the place. And you've heard the saying, when it rains, it pours. You know, and it just seems like, and sometimes I just go, Really? You know, really? (laughs) And the kids run in. Really? You know, it's just, you know what I'm talking about. It's overwhelming. You know, it it gets tough. Thirdly, when we feel our lives are beyond repair. If a doctor says there's no hope, first of all, I think he ought to lose his license. Uh, I, I actually, the other evening, just wanted to watch something good. And I don't know. Which, Because the TVs now are so complicated. We've got all the streaming services and stuff and all that. And I can't remember which where it was to tell you. But Bryant Gumbel had a special on. It was done several years ago. And it was on Miracles. And we watched that. And it was pretty awesome. And near the end of it, it was talking about Miracles. It had the head doctor of Medical, uh, medical City Medical Center from Dallas, Texas speaking. And he was an agnostic his whole life and uh, most all of his life, all of his career, and then he experienced a miracle in one of his patients. And so he started researching it, and he came to the point, and he never said he was a believer, but he came to the point saying, you absolutely cannot look at science, the scientific evidence for prayer or for miracles and practice medicine. I mean, he's like totally the other way, because prayer works. They even did a study where they signed prayer randomly to people like I think it was 50 patients 50 got assigned to pray for just a name and what's going on with them and all that first name and 50 got didn't get that group you know they didn't know who they were and uh, the 50 that got prayed for it's so significant it reject the null hypothesis in other words science proved prayer works science Now that's amazing because really faith and God is outside the realm of science. It's beyond science. Our practice is faith, you know. We get to see a lot, but our practice is faith. And science, I love science, but it's limited to independently observable events that are manipulated and research and all that. It doesn't go outside those kind of things. But yet, research shows it works. And and I thought about that, and that was very, very positive because when a doctor tells you there's no hope or this is really terrible the marriage counselor says your marriage there's no hope you know they're not ever supposed to say that they might go it ain't looking good and (laughs) it's not looking good and we need to do something different but there's always hope the other one is when circumstances are beyond our control. So here's the chance for you to participate. Any control freaks in here? Come on, be honest. You guys, now this is church. You're supposed to be honest and raise your hand. I guarantee you half of you are. And some of you say you are, are control freaks in denial. Okay? Absolutely. You know... You're not going to control me. You know, I'm in control. Well, sometimes you lose control. riding a roller coaster. You know, (laughs) we do crazy things for our kids, and I've done some crazy ones as a youth pastor and all that. Now I ride them once in a while, and then when I get down, I'm walking. My wife and I are holding hands. You know, we can't hardly walk away. Our head's spinning. I remember we rode the one. I took some kids to IYC in Cincinnati, and we got off of one there. And, uh, and we sat down and I'm telling you, I didn't know I was going to be able to eat the rest of the day. I mean, it was, it was wild. But have you ever noticed for control freaks, there is no steering wheel. And when you get on it and you go oh no, you're on it for the ride, right? Sometimes life's like that. Sometimes life's like that. Or... This is pretty tough, but we feel like we're facing it all alone. You know, you feel like you got the whole weight of your family, the whole weight of your company, the weight of the world. And you know what? You could be humanly alone. That's a possibility to to literally be alone. But you don't have to be alone, right? I will tell you something it's literally impossible to be alone when you know the Lord Jesus' personal Savior. And there's times I kind of want to be alone. But he's always there. Always. Tapping me on the shoulder, tapping me on the head. Always. Now, I want you to think about the things I just read. And then we're going to prepare for this scripture I'm going to read. And think about the disciples. You spent three years, almost three years with Jesus, this amazing, initially to them, rabbi, teacher, and then they've seen all these miracles. They have come to believe in their mind that he's king. And, you know, they were struggling with the whole thing, reading scriptures literally, and I totally understand that. I'm telling you, I've been there. I walked where he walks. I I get it. The culture You know, if you watch The Chosen, you'll sense that. It makes sense for many of them to believe that he's going to overthrow Rome. And he's going to literally sit on that throne. That's what they could see. And we do the same thing. What they could see. And then all of a sudden, he's arrested, tortured, crucified, and it's over. And where do they find themselves? And locked away in a room, scared to death, man. They don't even know. Talking about plans, how they divide up and what do they do. There's no hope at that time. I mean, everything they thought they believed in, it it, it didn't happen. And then all of a sudden, two ladies, I love this. Two ladies knock on the door and I can can tell you this. I just feel it, don't you? They knock on the door and they go... I, I, I'm putting myself Peter he's bad but I'm telling you they're scared to death and then the word comes he's risen and they immediately go oh my bad it's all good we, we did no. no they go I don't believe it I don't believe it no it can't be that's how ingrained in them all hope was gone and they run and you know they see the empty tomb and then they still don't know and then Jesus shows up they'll kind of do it right there if he just kind of beams up and hits them you know And and then things are changed. And and they're excited. And then the amazing thing that Jesus had promised, when I go, I will leave you. I mean, he ate with them. He took the disciples out and ate fish with them north on the Sea of Galilee there. He did all these things with them. And then when he's gone, he sends the Holy Spirit. And these guys are not the same. These women are not the same they are transformed they're still human like me and you they're still human but they're transformed it's it's man wouldn't you want that don't you want that they're transformed by god by love we see them preaching <laughs> we see them, I mean they're they're scared to death, now they're preaching boldly, they're doing miracles, I remember, I mean they're touching people, they're, they're, you're more greater things than Jesus, all these things are going on. And the crowd is shocked, so suddenly Peter, who's a fisherman, uneducated, gets up and he preaches. And he says this, Acts 2, 22, People of Israel, listen, God publicly endorsed Jesus the Nazarene by doing powerful miracles, wonders, signs through him, as you well know. So that wasn't even a doubt who Jesus was. But God knew what would happen, and his prearranged plan was carried out when Jesus was betrayed. With the help of lawless Gentiles, meaning the Romans... You, here, right here present, nailed him to the cross and killed him. But God released him from the horrors of death and raised him back to life. For death could not keep him in its grip. For death could not keep him in its grip. King David said this about him I see the Lord is always with me I will not be shaken for he is right beside me no wonder my heart is glad my tongue shouts his praises my body rests in what hope for you will not leave my soul among the dead or allow your holy one to rot in the grave you have shown me the way of life and you will fill me with the joy of your presence Dear brothers, this is an uneducated man, a fisherman. Dear brothers, think about this. You can be sure that the patriarch David wasn't referring to himself, for he died and was buried in his tombs right over there. But he was a prophet, and he knew what God had promised with an oath that one of David's own descendants would sit on the throne. David was looking into the future and speaking of the Messiah's resurrection. He was saying that God would not leave him among the dead or allow his body to rot in the grave. God raised Jesus from the dead and we're all witnesses of this. Now he is exalted to the place of highest honor in heaven at God's right hand. And Father, and the Father, as he promised, gave him... Him, the Holy Spirit, to pour out on us, just as you see and hear today. In other words, as I'm preaching, you're seeing the Holy Spirit work. For David himself never ascended to heaven, yet he said, The Lord said to my Lord, Sit in the place of honor at my right hand until I humble your enemies, making them a footstool under your feet. So let everyone in Israel... Know for certain that God has made this Jesus, whom you crucified, to be both Lord and Messiah. Peter's words pierced their hearts, and they said to him and to each other and to the apostles, Brothers, what must we do? What should we do? Peter replied, Each of you must repent of your sins and turn to God. And be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is to you, to your children, and to those far away, all who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. By the way, I love that part right there. <laughs> for a long time, it's biblical. Strongly urging his listeners, save yourselves from this crooked generation. Those who believed what Peter said were baptized and they added about that day 3,000 and that would be probably men. 3,000 in all. Now look at the hope, 42. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles teaching and to the fellowship and to the sharing of meals including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Wow, wow, wow. What a transformation. Just as Jesus was raised from the dead, the Holy Spirit falls on this old boy and he preaches like you won't believe. And then after that, they accept it and 3,000 men and, and women are, 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 are saved and a church starts and it's not a, a problem with unity. It's not a problem with theology. It's not a problem with anything. They're all together. And, and I'll, the kind of humor of the day is, do you know what kind of vehicle they drove? A Honda Accord. Because the Bible says they were all in one accord. I won't charge you for that. That usually that kind of comes on the comedy hour. I apologize, guys. I had a, I got baptized yesterday. Uh, about twelve, I was uh, my brother and I were in my Ranger looking over some of my property, some property I had, and he drove off and got stuck. And I turned around the front uh, to push him up, and I was pushing it, and suddenly it grabbed and went, and I went under, and it was about thirty-five degrees, and so. I will just tell you, it took my breath away. <laughs> I mean, my goodness. Need to say, he threw me in the Ranger, rushed me back. Thank the Lord for hot, a hot shower. And, uh, but, but anyway, as a result, my nose was running and everything else. But. So, we see this. And so, what can we learn from this today? Let's apply it to our lives. Let's, let's be excited to see what God has for us today. So, on your outline, to have an unshakable hope... I- your hope in his identity, in Jesus's identity, who Jesus is. When we don't trust someone, it's hard to have hope in them. But if you trust someone and who they are, it's easy to have hope in them. Peter tells us in verse 36, this Jesus who you crucified is almighty God. This God you wondered about for hundreds and hundreds of years and you've been waiting on the Messiah has come. And praise the Lord, I've had the privilege to meet some Jews that are today, uh, just, I mean, as we speak through the the, the last few years, are coming to know Jesus. And they're called Messianic Jews. And we actually have a a couple that come to our church. You know, they're Jewish, but they believe in Jesus and they, they, they can't really go to the Jewish temple You know, uh, because they don't believe he's come yet. And they know that and they're a part of that. So it's still happening today. Now, when Dana and I, my wife of 46.5 years, and we go out to eat, here's what I know. She wants to go to Mexican. And when we're there, she's going to look all the items over, but there's only one or two things she's going to get. And it's usually when I've already ordered and I'm looking at her or every, oh, everybody else, y'all order. I think she just likes looking at the menu, maybe living through. She's such a beautiful person, but she, she, she experiences the whole menu. And then when it comes around, she will order the same thing. Now, how do I know that? How do I know that? How can I predict her behavior? Because I know her. Do you know Jesus like that? How do I know what Jesus would do? Remember the bracelet, y'all remember, WW? How do I know that? How do I know that? I want you and I to know Jesus so well, we'll know what he does. So, sometimes, I'm sorry I didn't bring my 10-pound Bible, um, and and my electronic one's down there. But you know, we, we we sometimes go, should I go to this movie? Should I go out? Should I, should I sign my kids up to do this? Should I do this? Should I do that? And it's not going to say in there on whatever page exactly what to do. But let me tell you, when you hide his word in your heart and you know him, you kind of know what he wants you to do. Amen. And then you repray. You maybe seek out God, Right now I'm facing something some of you know about. Oh, should I do it or shouldn't I do it or whatever. And man, I'm going to seek godly counsel. I preach sermons on that. i mean, godly counsel. I'm going to read his word. I'm going to know. And I know Jesus and I know his heart. But what's exactly right for me, I ask for him to tell me open and close doors. Do You see what I'm saying? Many, many people struggle with faith because here's the honest truth. They don't know who God is. Or they had such a bad situation in their life with their parents, I do not want to disclaim that, you know, or or things in their life that it's hard to trust. And if you're hard to trust your father and your mother and people that God sent to protect you and take care of you, yes, it's going to be hard to trust God. I'm not trying to belittle that at all. But Peter is telling them, Jesus is both Lord and Messiah. In fact, Jesus, when he was here, says, if you've seen me, you've seen who? The Father. In fact, this morning, while I was getting ready, this thought came to me. I love the whole Bible, and I know there are theological differences, and people get all caught up in all kinds of things, but I want to tell you, you and I, I believe should concentrate on the words of Jesus and trying to be like Jesus and let Jesus be the subject and struggle with that and not get caught up in rabbit traps here and there. Leave that to me and other people for theological things. What the world needs now is Jesus and the New Testament applied to the world today. Amen. You know, I can preach the Old Testament, and I will, and I will share that with you, and it's powerful. But we can get caught up in things, and I say, if that's a problem, lay that aside and really strive to read Jesus, know Jesus, be Jesus, let Jesus be in here. Know him so well, you'll know what is happening. And if that's the case, if you find Jesus to that point, you will have hope on your outline, First 1 Peter 121. Through Christ you have come to trust in God. And because God raised Christ from the dead and gave him great glory, your faith and hope can be placed confidently in God. Amen? This morning I had to tell Alexa, and I had to get on to her sometimes. My mom called Alexa the lady in the box. And uh, the lady in the box wasn't getting it. I said, "Lexa, I want to hear the song, My Hope is in You. I'm preaching on hope today. And I want to hear that. Well, she sang, I didn't know how many songs have My Hope is in You. I just want to tell you. There's all kinds of style. But I wanted Aaron Schuss' version, you know, uh, My Hope is in You. And then on the way here, I was listening to uh, uh, Tomlin, Chris Tomlin, My Hope. is in you Lord you know Jesus Messiah you know so I was just rocking around in the one accord (laughs) number two smile smile it's good It's, it's good it's real good your hope is in Jesus your hope is in his identity number two your hope is in his sovereignty now this one's a little tougher but man get the victory here he alone is my rock and my salvation, my force fortress, where, will I, where I will not be shaken. How can you make such a bold statement? God is sovereign. And God is omnipresent. Meaning, there is nowhere God is not. God can be everywhere. Now this is going to be hard for you to understand. Not only is God everywhere, God is not restricted by dimension. God can be way back in the past and God can be in the future. None of us can. We've got movies about it. We want to, I'm still wanting to beam up. I got all that, but here's what I'm telling you. God can be in the past, the present, and the future at the same time. Don't you want to be that guy's friend? Wow. So here Knows. So I'm gonna put my hope in him. He already knows, like you said in the this before prayer. God already knows. Peter told him the stuff that was you did and all these terrible things you did to the Son of God, God already knew it. He didn't go, oh, they're trying to kill my son. Oh, I didn't know that. Those words are not in God's vocabulary. They're in ours, but they're not in his. When life catches you, as a, you know, at a surprise, just remember, unfortunately, God's never surprised. I had a friend in college, and uh, by today's standards, this is nothing, but it shows how old I am. This movie came out called Jaws, and we were going to college in Houston, and we, about every weekend or every the weekend, used to go down, just a few miles down to Galveston, to the beach. If you're going to the beach every week and this movie Giles came out about this great white shark and You know, it was terrible And uh, anyway, he went to it and I mean, he, you know, he cried He was scared to death And there's a moment in there If you know it's going to happen Because the music starts And it starts going Boom, 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 You know, and my wife, I love her She, When that song or something She goes, I can't watch I just can't watch <laughs> <laughs> I love that you got to love that. you got to love it. And, uh, but anyway, he took, next, he scared him to death. But it's kind of like the two coons, you know, taste this, it's terrible. And he goes, I don't want to taste that. Oh, it's terrible. Well, he wanted to take this guy to the movie, so he took him to Jaws. I mean, these are Bible college students. That's where the church is right now. And he took that, and he wasn't afraid. He was waiting to look at what the reaction was with the guy he took. Why? He'd already seen the movie, already knew what was going to happen. Do you see what I'm saying? If you ever get really, really, really discouraged, remember God is sovereign and omnipotent and omnipresent and all these omnis. But look, look, look read, the last, read the last book, read the last part of the book. God wins, we win. And every now and then you need to read that. Don't get caught up in the book parts of Revelation about, you know, go to the end. Read chapter 21, you know, just read the end. It's awesome. So unexpected is not in God's vocabulary. And also God's all-powerful. He's omnipotent. That means he's never beyond, nothing's never beyond his control. When he was arrested, when he was tried, when he was convicted, it was all part of his plan. Do you not realize Jesus could have just said at any point, enough? Or, you know, I've just about had this. And boy, did that take control, guys. Not eating for 40 days, that was tough. But I mean to have the army of armies that nothing Hollywood has ever even dreamed of is sitting there drooling waiting to come down and you're going, no. You can't even imagine that. I can't imagine that. And he did it because he knew he needed to sacrifice himself so that through him we would have an advocate with the Father and we would have eternal life like he did. Yeah, that's love. <laughs> all we know, it says on your outline, that in all things God works for good to those who love him. So sometimes things happen in our life and they're not good. And it just sure doesn't look good. I have a, so many illustrations, but in this room we could stand up and talk about it. There was a young man, Robert Cram, his son up in Ohio. At 17, started having headaches. One thing led to another. They found a tumor on his spine. No hope. Didn't give him, you know, Start doing chemo. And I've been with my mom when she's been, ba- and I'm talking bad chemo. Like when you're on your second cancer or third, and it was terrible. And, like, it's worse than the disease, okay? It was terrible. And he just cried out and said, Mom, Dad, I can't take it anymore. Doctor said, you got three months to live. Make a wish. You'll love this. Make a wish restored a 68 Camaro for him you know he'd never be able to drive it you know it's it's what it is that's the reality of it but here's what happened the community came together and prayed and they crossed denominational lines because everybody loved this kid he was well known in the high school it's a small town in Centerville Ohio has a Christian university there college there you know it, it you know they came together and they prayed And then he came back for a follow-up visit, and I love this, this is so awesome, the doctor had a puzzled look. (laughs) How many of you, there's a time you like a puzzled look from your doctor, and there's probably a time you don't, you know. And Mr. Krim, I don't know what's going on, Uh, I really don't know what's going on. Um, Come back in a week, so came back in a week. And they did a full-body scan, you know, and you go, man, it's shrinking. Come back in a month, did a full-body scan, and it's gone. <laughs> and so the doctor goes, uh, look, we, we, don't, we can't say anything except he's in remission. But I'm telling you, he's cute. When doctors say hopeless, nothing you can do, like I said earlier, who's your hope in? You might actually hear a chuckle from heaven. By the way, uh, Tommy got to drive the 68 Camaro. He got to keep it. Some of us have felt, some of us have heard that our finances are hopeless. Anybody in here? Don't stand up right now. (laughs) Anybody ever heard your marriage is hopeless? You're hopeless. You piece of, (laughs) you know. Your health, you know, is hopeless. Your kids are hopeless. There's probably any parent ever felt at one point, maybe. My issues, because we don't have problems anymore. My issues are hopeless. Addictions, you know, all these things, which, you know, if you struggle with anything. I mean, we all have addictions at some point. I love brownies and chocolate. I mean, I could fall into the just lick around the bowl you know it's true it's, it's true it, there are things that we all face, but here's the thing we never lose hope because we know our hope is in God Amen. and he's still restoring he's still creating you cannot ever lose hope now I'm just as normal as anybody and I get down and I struggle with stuff but there's always somebody that comes along with me and reminds me and encourages me or I get in the word and God talks to me or speaks to me The times that we're really, really struggling, we tend to kind of want to wander away from God, don't we? We do. We want to wander away because we're kind of mad at him. Like, why do bad things happen to good people? I'm good people. You know what we ought to be doing? Running to God. The smartest thing you and I can do, remember this. The temptation will be immediately to get mad at God and run away. The the best thing to do is run to him. And even tell him how you feel. And he's not going to go, I didn't know you were upset with me. (laughs) It's so funny what we think. On your outline it says, when you lose hope in what tomorrow holds than hope in the one who holds tomorrow. So I've lost hope, I'm down, it's reality, it's a struggle, but I've got to hope in God, his sovereignty and who he is. And finally, number three, place your hope in his love. Yes, hope in his identity, yes, hope in his sovereignty, those are so important, but most of all, hope in God's love. Peter's talking to the people who were in the crowd and they were the same ones in the crowd when Pilate said to them Barabbas or Jesus and you know what they were saying? Barabbas, give us Barabbas. Or crucify him, crucify him. They got all caught up in the crowd. The same ones. They put the Son of God to death. They were a part of it. So needless to say when They were convicted by the Holy Spirit that was there. in And they said, what should we do? We're guilty. We know where we are. Peter could have told them. Some of you parents might have done this before too. But Peter could have told them, you sorry people, you killed him. Go run for the rocks to fall on you and run to the mountains. You deserve it. You killed the son of God. There's no hope for you. You know what I mean? He could have said that, right? That's what the world would say. But he said, no, turn and repent of your sins. Turn to God, be baptized, and receive the Holy Spirit. Wow, what a powerful story of God's love. In other words, greater than who God is in character as perfect himself, or in power that he's all-powerful, as great as those are, please follow me, this is hard to understand, but as great as those are, God's love for you is greater than all of those. While you were in your mother's womb, God was making and manipulating all the parts. From then until you're with him in heaven in eternity, God is with you. You've got to read this with me. Probably one of my favorite scriptures, Ephesians 3, 19, 20. In fact, I have it on the refrigerator at my hunting camp. May you experience the love of Christ. Get this. Though it is so great you will never fully understand it. Then you will be filled with the fullness of life and the power that comes from God. Now glory be to God. By his mighty power at work within us he is able to accomplish infinitely more than we would ever dare to ask or hope his love's beyond our ability to understand it Mary Bratchers I prepare to close here in a minute was back in her car out of the driveway to take her three year old son Toby for an overnight trip she felt a thud a bump and a squeal and y'all all know what that means it's not good she stepped out and got out into her horror she discovered little puppy Brownie she'd run over him he was dead you know, and of course, little Brownie was Toby's dog, and so it was rough. And he was dead, and there he was. So she took the little body beside the house. They had a little graveside service there, and uh, of course, Toby kept crying as they drove off, saying, "Brownie can't be dead. He can't be dead." You know, it's, it's tough. They went on their trip. Mom's surprise, Mary's surprise When she looked on the porch And there was the mom dog and baby brownie dog And yep Baby brownie was bloody And caked up with mud and all that And dirt because mom had went over And dug her up and brought her back up to the porch And there she was Well they to say the next thing They jumped her in the car and took her to the vet Lost one eye Had a broken shoulder but was pretty well And they renamed brownie Lazarus now, two things. Never underestimate the power of a mother. Never, ever underestimate the power of a child's prayer. And never, ever, 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 ever underestimate the power or the love that God you and I. Three things give us hope. Who I believe... God to be I've got to believe in that I've got to believe what God can do but also have to really fully understand how God sees me and how he sees you everyone can have this hope so I have a personal question maybe you bow your heads are we going to sing I don't know if we are it doesn't matter but bow your heads with me what do you believe it's just you and God Do you really believe who God is? Can you see that? Do you think there's anything surprises God? And as I said, most importantly, who do you believe God to be? Do you believe God loves you so much? I just want to tell you, because I understand this love, as for me and my family and anybody I influence, I believe Jesus is the Christ sent by the Father to live on earth, to teach us, but also to die, to pay the price so that I might not have eternal death. In other words, I believe death is defeated, praise God. Do you believe? Do you believe? I'm here right now with the power to heal, with the grace to forgive. And I believe God wants every one of us in this room, it's not by chance you're here. This church family at Cypress Street that that I'm falling in love with, but God thousand times more than that, to receive this understanding of how much God loves you and that you can have an unshakable hope to know that God cares for you. And he wants you to share that, to live that victory and share that and be the church that reflects the love of God. Oh God, I pray that you speak to our hearts. Encourage us, God. Let us be changed by this knowledge. Let us be your witnesses. Lord, there's a world out there that needs us. There's children in our homes that need us. There's grandchildren that need us. We need you to be powered by that love so we can love. Let us be your hands, your feet, and all God's people said. Amen.
0: Amen. Won't you stand with us this morning as we join together in the solid rock?
1: I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock I stand, the sinking sand.
0: Amen. Thank you, Brother Ray, for this message on hope. Thank each of you for being here this morning. Thank you for the blessing that God gives to each of us. Just remember hope, faith, and love. You have to have all three. Love is the greatest. So this week, just remember maybe to reach out and touch someone, call them, tell them you love them, you appreciate them, you're praying for them. Again, thank each of you for being here. Tomorrow morning, uh, Grace Place at 9.30 if you're coming to help prepare. 11 if you're coming to serve. And thank each of you again for, I think we have enough oatmeal cookies to feed everybody tomorrow. Wednesday night, 6.30, Brother Carvin will be having the service. And be with us next Sunday. Brother Ray's going to be back with us next Sunday at 10 o'clock. Hope you all have a good week this week. And thank you for being here this morning. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given us for, for this message of hope, Lord. You know where each of us are at. Lord, you know what's going on in each of our lives. And we just pray that we look to you for our guidance, Lord, and to help share your love with other people. Ask you to go with us, lead us through this day, Lord. Ask us in your name. Amen. Thank you.